Hello there, this is A.D. Robles, and you're listening to A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Hey, if you like this content and the other content on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, I would recommend that you become a club member. There's actually access to all kinds of, of private content for members. There's all kinds of other benefits as well, and it would go a long way in supporting the content that you like. So please, if you have not considered it, go ahead and sign up to be a club member. And if you use the code R-O-B-L-E-S, my last name, Robles, um, it'll it'll also help uh, for, for, the, for the people, the good people over at Fight, Laugh, Feast to know that uh, you enjoy my content. It'll keep me on the network, all that kind of stuff. So go ahead and do that uh, if you haven't done so already. But today I wanted to get into the topic of reparations. And this will be a really good podcast to share with your friends, to share with your pastor, because I'm going to make a very simple, I'm, I'm a simple man, I'm going to make a very simple and biblical case against the concept of reparations as they're talked about today. And if you remember, um, you know, I had a conversation with some social justice Christians, people at the Native Speaks podcast. If you go on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, and type in Native Speaks, you'll find the conversation I had with them. And during that conversation, I remember being completely taken aback because the two brothers I was talking to told me that they had they didn't even know any Reformed Christians that, that, that believed in reparations. And I remember being completely shocked about that because I, I, I believed them, but it was a shocking statement because I knew many, many, many people that believed in reparations. And, and all of those people are coming out of the woodwork now. And so um, it's, it's a very popular topic. Um, presidential candidates are talking about it. Christians are talking about it. And I, my case is basically this, that if you're a Christian pastor, you must not support the concept of reparations for slavery. You have to be against it. You have to, biblically. Morally, you have to be against it. Pragmatically, you have to be against it. And the Bible has very clear words on this kind of a topic that apply very easily. It's not complicated. It's not a difficult issue. It might be an emotional issue, but it's not a difficult idea that the Bible puts forward about the immorality of reparations. So we're going to talk about that today, and it's going to be a very simple case. So less than 20 minutes, you'll have all you need in order to know what God says about this topic. And, that, and that's a bold statement, but I, I do happen to believe that it's a very, very clear, open and shut case. Now, a couple of things up front. I want to give you sort of a little bit of an outline of who's talking to you, especially if this is your first time listening to me. Um, uh, again, my name is A.D. Robles, and if you don't know what um, ethnicity the last name Robles is, it's a Spanish last name, and there's a lot of Puerto Ricans with the last name Robles. And Robles means oak trees in Spanish. And essentially, if you know anything about Puerto Rico, what you what you need to know is that um, Puerto Ricans in general have a very kind of typical mix of ethnicities in their blood. And mine is no different. I've, we've had it checked out, DNA and all that kind of stuff. Basically, what, what a lot of Puerto Ricans are is r roughly about 60% European, about 20% native, so people that lived in on the island of Puerto Rico um, as natives, and then about 20% African, typically from like the Nigeria area, something like that. And what that means is that my ancestors, I have ancestors who were brought over in the slave trade. Right, so I would be, at least presumably, I would be in line to get some of the reparations for slavery. Um, but I also have ancestors that were slave traders as well, most likely. 
Um, and anyway, so so that's who I am. And here's my assumption. This is a, a very basic assumption, but you need to understand this going in. This is how I think about things. My assumption is that God's law is always better than man's law. God's law is always better than man's law. Now, man's law sometimes can be based on God's law. Like we can apply the law of God, we can apply his morality to our situations, and then it's a good thing, of course, that's that's a good thing. But God's justice is always the definition of justice. It's the standard. And any deviations from God's justice um, that we take are very likely a problem. They're very likely problematic. And so um, what I want to talk about is the concept of restitution, because a lot of people who are Christians who believe in the concept of slavery reparations use restitution and reparations as synonyms. And I understand why they do that, because they're very close concepts. Now, the Bible is full of information on restitution and biblical restitution. And I think that restitution is a much better um, way to sort of adjudicate crimes and to punish crimes, so to speak, than the way we do it in the United States. I'll give you a perfect example. So in the United States, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, in the United States, I checked, uh, I live in Vermont, I checked the Vermont Penal Code. And if you are convicted of larceny, you know, depending on how serious it is, it could be a felony, it could be a misdemeanor. I mean, it, there's various different levels, but usually the penalty is one of two things, right? So if you're if you've stolen from somebody else, there's two kinds of penalties that are typically used. One is a prison sentence, right, or jail sentence. So you're you're locked away for a certain period of time as a punishment for what you did. The other is a fine. Sometimes you're fined for what you did. So you write a check to the government. And uh, that's supposed to make restitution for your crime. But if you notice, none of those things actually make the person you stole from whole. In fact, they actually further punish that person. So let's say you steal from me, I don't know, $20,000, right? And then the government puts you in jail for a certain amount of time. Well, who's paying for that jail? Well, I am. I'm paying for that jail through my taxes, at least in part. So I'm actually paying more than what you stole. Let's say you get fined. Who's who, who, who's getting the money? It's usually not me. It's usually the government. And so that's not really what restitution is. The Bible presents a situation that's much different. Here's here's what the Bible says when somebody gets when somebody steals, right? So here here's here's a verse from the scripture. If a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it, he must pay back five head of cattle for the ox and four sheep for the sheep. A thief must certainly make restitution, but if he has nothing, he must be sold to pay for his theft. If the stolen animal is found alive in his possession, whether it's an ox, donkey, or sheep, he must pay back double. There's more to it, but 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 you know, there's lots of verses that talk about different situations. But but the point is that in God's economy, in God's justice, if you steal from me, you pay me back. And not only do you pay me back, but you pay me back plus extra. And the idea is that it makes crime not pay, because if you're if you get caught, you actually are in a worse situation than when you started. And it's not because you get locked away for a, for a few months or whatever. No, it's because you owe the money back and you actually end, end up, if you can't pay it, which usually you can't, you actually end up becoming a, a, a servant until you pay the money back. That's, that's how it works. And that's a much better situation than the situation we have now. It actually brings harmony to the situation because at me as a victim, I'm made whole again, right? 
but and you as a, as a criminal, you actually have to pay it back. You have to work to pay it back. You're probably going to gain some skills and you're going to gain some relationships. And so instead of animosity between you and me, actually we're square because you, you've made you've made me whole again. God's law is better than than man's law. There's no question about that. So why am I talking about this? Well, slavery reparations, as they're talked about now, basically the, the case, the basic case is like this. The institution of slavery back in the day has impact all the way to today. And so that sin back in the day has affected the way things are today. It infects a culture. It infects people's lives and their families. And so even though there aren't any slaves today, the impacts of the slavery in the past have had an effect into today. You can't deny that. That, that is a reality. Everything that has happened in the past has an impact on today. That's always true of every situation. So you cannot deny that, right? But the reality is, so knowing that, if we accept that, does that mean that we should start paying, you know, people back that had ancestors, people like me who had ancestors who were slaves, should we force people who had ancestors who were slaveholders to make restitution, to give them money, to give them resources that supposedly were stolen from their ancestors. Is that something that we should do? Now, if you don't think about it too much, you might think, well, the Bible seems to support that because the Bible talks about giving money back and all of this kind of thing. But the question is, does the Bible really support that? That's the real question. And here's the reality. It's very easy to, 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 to show how you should not, the Bible does not support that. Because if you look at the examples of the Bible, it's talking about people that did the stealing and people that got stolen from, and that's how you make restitution. People who did the stealing, present uh, criminals, and present victims. And you might think, well, it's very easy to carry that over into the... Um, into the into the future into the, like your progeny so like your kids also should get the benefits of that and things like that but but unfortunately for for the people who 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 support reparations there's a very clear biblical passage that says no you cannot do it that way that is not allowed in God's system of justice and you know Christians should be talking about biblical justice i i, I understand that pagans aren't going to find this convincing i don't really care what they find convincing i'm talking to christians here this is a podcast for christians this is deuteronomy 24:16 very very clear passage you don't need to be a scholar to understand this ready here's what it says fathers shall not be put to death for their sons nor shall sons be put to death for their fathers everyone shall be put to death for his own sin you might say, well, that's talking about putting put to death. We're not talking about that. We're talking about money transfers. We're talking about re- money restitution, things like that. Well, here we go. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20. The persons whose sins shall die. The son will not bear the punishment for the father's iniquity, nor will the father bear the punishment for the son's iniquity. The righteousness of the righteous will be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. And so... When we're talking about the death penalty, it definitely doesn't apply, but this verse in Ezekiel seems to apply it to all sins and all crimes. And so if we're going to be applying justice, we cannot punish the sons for the sins of the father. We cannot say, well, the fathers enslaved these people and stole from them, and therefore their great-great-grandchildren need to pay the penalty for it. 
because the penalty was never paid. God's justice doesn't allow for that. Every person bears their own iniquity, and that's how it works. You, we cannot, we cannot uh, punish the, the progeny of people for the sins of their parents. So that's a full stop. I mean, all you need is that verse to know that reparations, as they are talked about today, are immoral. They're immoral. They're evil. They're wicked. God hates it. Okay? So if you, if you promote an idea that says we are going to make restitution for, for um, someone who stole in the past from someone who lived in the past, in the present— we're going to force, you know, certain, you know, people, certain white people who had ancestors who were slave owners to pay for the, that's actually evil, according to God. All you need is that verse. We do not punish the sins of the, of the father upon the sons. Okay, so it's very, very easy. All, if you're a Christian, that should be enough for you to oppose reparations. But, you know, God, here's the thing. God doesn't just come up with laws like willy-nilly. He's not just random and just kind of say, well, this is, this is good, this is bad. No, no, he created the world in such a way to bear witness to all of these things as well. And so he's telling us how the world works and how it doesn't work. He created natural law as well. So he gives us this revealed law in Deuteronomy where he gives us specifics and says, here's, here's my command, you don't do this, you do do this. He gives us revealed law, but he also gives us natural law. And so the world works a certain way and you can't change it no matter what. And the reality is, even if you don't accept God's law, which you definitely should, and if you don't, you need to repent of your sins. So, so if, if, if you heard what I just said and you still believe in reparations, you need to repent. But... If you need a little bit more evidence, there's some natural law stuff too. And and there's a great movie that I, I, I really love. It's one of my favorite movies. It's called Barbershop. And there's a scene in Barbershop where they talk about reparations. And this is they're talking about natural law and how things actually work. They're not talking about God's law here. Or I'm sorry, God's revealed law. They're talking about God's natural law. And I want to play that for you right now. This is a scene from Barbershop about reparations. Reparations is a good idea, dog. Reparations is stupid. Now, I'm surprised to hear you say that. I figured you'd make a case for how slavery got you all oppressed and how the white man got his foot on your neck. Giving out money wouldn't do nothing. Look at him. Yeah, that boy ain't doing nothing now but infomercials for, uh, for bad credit. Man, slavery, man, it ruined my whole life. I don't life. know what y'all say, man, but I ain't taking no reparations because as a black man, I got my pride and my dignity. <laughs> you know what? That's bull. You know why? Because you got bills. And your brothers ain't letting no money get by. Next, you're going to talk about how the Jews got money from Jews the didn't get money, dog. Holocaust survivors Look, got we money. we had welfare and affirmative action. Is that not respiration? Is that respiration? Well, I think every black person should at least get a hundred thousand. Hundred thousand What do you think that's going to do? That ain't going to do nothing but make Cadillac number one dealership in the country. <laughs> <laughs> so... Okay, so that's the clip, and there's more to it there, but but that's what I wanted to talk about because these these guys, man, in this movie, this is this is some this is some wisdom here that they're that they're showing here. This is wisdom. One of the things you notice, uh, one of the guys said, "Well, Jews got money." This is one of the arguments. Jews got money for the um, for the Holocaust, and if you notice, one of the one of the barbers says, "No, they didn't. Jews didn't get money. Holocaust survivors got money." You see, that, that's restitution. You see, that's, that's actual, these people were actually victimized. Like, literally, they, they themselves, their persons, they were victimized. And so there was restitution made to them, 
not to Jews in general, right? Not to Jews in general. That's restitution. That's that's a, that's a you know uh, there's nuance there, but but that's a more a more biblical understanding of what restitution is. But then if you heard one of the other guys, and this is my, my favorite character said this. So so one of the guys says, well, I think black people should get at least a hundred thousand dollars for reparations. And the guy goes, <laughs> the guy says, the guy says, what is that going to do? All that's going to do is make Cadillac the number one dealership in America. And it's a it's a joke. So don't don't go hating on me, right? But he's kind of right. Not that Cadillac will be the number one dealership in America, but but here's the reality, though. Money won't solve this problem, right? Giving somebody money that 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 didn't earn it themselves, right? They didn't they didn't work for it. They didn't. Do, they're just getting it because they had a ancestor that was a victim, right? In general, isn't going to actually help anything. In fact, it's going to make it worse. Thomas Sowell was recently on Fox Business, and he was talking about how 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 the most the most valuable kind of capital is human capital, the capital between your between your ears. And, and and the reality is that that in in any kind of economy, even in socialist economies, money tends to flow to those who can produce, those who can effectively use it the best. And so the reality is that if all you do is give a certain class of people who don't have wealth some money, that money isn't going to magically make them uh, more productive than they used to be. Do, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying here? So, so all it's going to do, it's going to bolster people who are already being productive, and it's going to ruin people who aren't being productive right now. Because the reality is in the United States of America— no matter what color your skin is, you can get an, an, a, an, a license to operate a business. You can open up a, up a business right now if you wanted to. And you don't need a lot of capital to do it. I've opened up a business before and, you know, it took a couple hundred bucks, you know, to, to get the paperwork in order and things like that. You know, you shouldn't, we shouldn't have to have that kind of stuff, paperwork, and stuff, but, but whatever, we have to do it. You could do it right now if you wanted to. And so what's going to happen if you, if you give people who aren't being productive right now a bunch of money. Well, they're going to spend it on things that are probably not going to increase it. They're probably going to lose it very quickly. Now, this this brother made a joke about how they're going to buy Cadillacs. There's a little bit of truth in every joke. But the reality is those blacks and Latinos that, you know, like me that have slave ancestors that get money that are already being productive, they're going to become more productive probably with the money, but the people that aren't are going to be ruined. Are going to be ruined. Because you don't get less of something that you subsidize. So if you're subsidizing their their non-production, you're going to get more of that. And I don't think that's the idea behind reparations, is it? Now, the reality is you don't actually – that's a pragmatic reason to be against reparations because the very people that need the help the most are going to be ruined by it. It's just that simple. Now, you can be taught to, to manage money well and to be more productive. You can be taught some of those things. But the reality is that that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about reparations. You know, you know what would probably happen? Honestly, this is what I think probably would happen. Lots of people have been taught the lie that, that basically to be successful, you need to go to college. Right? That's a lie. It's not true. Go to college to learn things, but it doesn't guarantee success. 
So here's what will probably happen if, if reparations actually happened. A bunch of Latinos and blacks would go to college. And you know what would happen? For them, it would be a waste of money, just like it is for a ton of people right now. They'd probably go into debt. Instead of being productive for four years and working and building something, uh, building a business, they're gonna, they've been t- fed this lie that what you need in order to, to, to be successful is a degree. They're going to go to these degree programs. They're going to get worthless degrees because most of them, let's just be honest, most degrees are completely worthless. Some of them have value. Most of them don't. So they're going to study things and they're going to learn stuff. And that's, there's nothing wrong with learning, but it's not going to lead to uh, a reduction in the wealth gap. It just won't. That's not how college works, okay? And so that's what would happen. So people would waste their time and money on college because now they've got some cash and they're going to think because they've been told that that's the path to success. That is not the path to success. It is not. (laughs) It's just that simple. It's just that simple. And so, yeah, there's a pragmatic reason to be against reparations, but actually there's a, there's a verse. I mean, look, you could, you could, you could go to economists and they'll tell you all the reasons why reparations won't work. And you can, you know, you can just use common sense like these guys in the barbershop to, to understand why reparations won't work. But all, but there's a verse for it too, because God's law also describes how the world works, not just revealed law commands and things like that. You know, God's law does have commands like the ones we just read. So that's enough. If God commands that you don't do it, you don't do it. But also, God describes how the world works. He does this a lot in the Proverbs, right? And this is an application of these commands. So look, look at this. This is Proverbs 13. Ready? Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. And here's the reality. If you get wealth, you know, money, by dishonest means, you didn't earn it, Right? And so you're taking money from the white man and giving it to the black man, even though the white man didn't do anything to the black man, but their parents did something to their parents and things like that. Against God's law, that's against God's law. That is a dishonest way to get wealth. You petition the government. Like, look, a lot of people don't understand. Like, like stealing is wrong. Everybody gets that. But if you if you vote for someone and 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 petition someone to steal for you, all of a sudden it's not wrong. Like, <laughs> what? No, no, stealing is wrong no matter who does it. So, so you, you petition the government to get you money from the, this group of people according to their skin color, and that is a dishonest gain of money. And here's what Proverbs says. Common sense should tell you this as well, but this is the Proverbs, just, just in case you don't have the common sense, it's going to give you some. Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase it. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a stone cold fact. That's a stone cold fact. The barbershop people got it. They understood. You need to understand too. And so those are two verses. Very, very easy to understand. If you are a pastor, you must be against reparations. You must be against reparations. Because not only is it immoral and not only does it anger God, but it also will ruin the very people that it aims to help. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network.